Welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Well, this is a bonus episode. There's three of us right now sitting in, um, I, don't, I keep wanting to call it an ice castle, but it's like a ice fishing trailer. I think it is an ice castle. Is that not what an ice castle is, is a trailer? Technically, I believe I heard that this was a four season trailer. It is, yeah. Four absolutely. season trailer, but it's on hydraulics, right? So you just drop uh, it winch. down, yep. winch, whatever. Yeah, yeah. A thing that changes the height of the... I think it's called the Grey Wolf. This yes. one is called the Grey Wolf, yeah. yeah. So we're sitting here, we're doing some ice fishing, so there might be some commotion during it, but we thought we would do a little bonus episode. There's one thing that Panoramic's doing this year is we, um, April's been working with us for a long time now, uh, helping us out with, with content sometimes, um, sharing posts, doing whatever, and now she's interested in doing her own podcast. So we thought we'd do a little bonus episode to kind of preview on maybe what's to come. So we got a bunch of questions for April, both Chase and I, and maybe bombard her with questions. It's very exciting, Chase. What do you think about uh, this this new path? It's almost like we've got, um, you know, just another thing to offer when it comes to our podcast uh, channel. Yeah, I'm excited to be teaming up with April for sure. And I am, uh, I really enjoy your views and your takes on outdoor stuff and, and, I don't know, just just what you're doing in the, in the outdoor community, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited to have someone else join the team here besides our three voices, constantly meandering through the the sound waves to people's ears. <laughs> I'm sitting here like you know you don't have to be nice to me just because I'm here. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm like, are you really? Yeah, we're so no, so excited. Yeah, no one Sheldon pitched the idea. You guys have been chatting, and I was like, yep, let's do it. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's going to be something super cool. <clears throat> and I think part of this little bonus episode, let's say, is to kind of weed out what's going to happen. So basically, April and I were talking about April doing her own kind of podcast through our channel in a way, right, April? Mm-hmm. And what what was your, like, what's the point of it? Like, why wouldn't you just, like, join us? What, what's your idea behind the whole thing? Like, um, Well, I want to bring a podcast essentially from a female point of view. And I know I feel like I know a lot of females who would enjoy hearing a podcast and the information coming from from the female perspective. I like that idea. So coming from my perspective, you know, I, I do a lot of... Uh, reflecting on a lot of stuff that I would have said like in my younger years you know what I mean and I'm like and and it kind of makes me think about other people and their perspective and opinions a lot more so and uh I like the idea of having April's opinion and giving her the free reins to do whatever she wants however she wants to do it kind of thing yeah absolutely and the thing is that I'm kind of looking forward to or i am looking forward to is that 
ever since April and I became friends, and and April became part of Panoramic Shoot, and like I hope I'm not pumping your tires too much right now, April. But you've always had an opinion on what we're doing. You've always had very good feedback and all this other stuff where it's when the idea kind of came in into light, it was like a no brainer. It was like, yeah, let's get you on. And I mean, the things that you're already doing for the outdoor community in Manitoba that maybe people don't know about, but we talked about another episode, like your shed hunting, like little rally, you you do like women's seminars. I think there's just fits in into your criteria or into your like catalog of what you're doing in life. Um, I don't know. Do you, agree with that or not i don't i have no idea but i just think this is gonna be a perfect way to just do one more thing and put it on your resume you can't just shake your head i mean like i just listen like oh my gosh is this trailer gonna hold the size of my head right away (laughs) (laughs) um no i agree i just you know i really enjoyed one of the things that i started doing was helping at bow and bow is becoming an outdoors woman and that is put on by manitoba wildlife federation and so melissa and i teach some seminars there and we've kind of been thinking about ways that we can do more seminars or kind of branch out after bow and sort of one of the ideas of Bo is to let like a huge group of women come in there, learn a bunch of skills about the outdoors and then be able to turn around and take them back out. But Bo is only one weekend. It's only one weekend of your whole year. And and granted we do have what's coming, what's called beyond Bo. And so if uh, somebody takes a course at Bo that they really like, there are some classes that you can take beyond that weekend seminar. And so it just goes more into depth, but we don't do one of those. And so me and Melissa are always looking for ways to kind of be able to teach and share knowledge and share experience outside of Bo because it's only that small time frame. So then when we started talking about the podcast and you brought it up to me, I was like, yeah, sure. Like that completely aligns with everything that, I and me and her already do. So what? What's Bo? Well, if you were listening, uh, yeah, I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> it's called Becoming an Outdoor Woman, right? And it's put on by MWF, and it's usually the beginning of June every year, and it's a weekend full of different kinds of classes and seminars um, about an array or a variety of topics within kind of the outdoors world and so somebody who feels they have knowledge in a specific topic can come to MWF and and let them know that they'd like to teach a course and then they can have a group of women so the ladies sign up and then they get to choose I think it's four courses that they want to do throughout the weekend and uh, so somebody who has knowledge in something can like come forward and teach teach a course for a few hours on that specific topic and have a bunch of ladies that are interested in learning about it. It's a pretty popular event. It like sells in, out yeah, very quickly. Every year. Yeah. Every year it sells out. Yeah. And uh, it's it's geared towards obviously like uh, the less experienced folks that mm-hmm. want to come, right? And yeah. It gives lots, lots of people opportunities to try out different stuff. Yeah. And th- another really great thing about that weekend specifically is they have a lot of gun stuff and so women who are you know maybe they a don't know anything about the outdoors maybe they have a friend or a spouse or family member that's like into the outdoors and into rifle hunting or shotgunning or something 
and they're not, the ladies don't know much about it. Or maybe they feel intimidated learning from, say, a spouse. Because I find a lot of times a spouse, how do we say nicely, should feel or thinks that you should know just as much as they do. And sometimes because we are so close and so open with people that our spouses or close family members were not very considerate about how they learn. And so coming to something like this, we know that somebody is there to learn and that everybody learns a little bit differently. And you kind of have to be um, an open teacher as well when you're there and help these people find a way. So for example, women who maybe didn't grow up or don't know a lot about guns, they can come here and they can do a full weekend of all different kinds of gun training, get a little bit more like get a feel for it, get a little bit more hands-on and then go back and like be able to go duck hunting with their spouse or family member because they got that little bit of experience not with that person. You know what they should offer? Is a spousal training course. <laughs> how to how to be a good spouse. How, how to be a good mentor. Yes, to as your a spouse. spouse. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I definitely failed at that for a few years as well and it's it's tough to uh to, uh, when you're not thinking about, like you said, being in that situation and trying to be an educator, and you're you're more of like a, going out with somebody that you almost visualize as an equal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you do in general life, right? And then yeah. and then you go to do something that they have nothing, no clue what's going on, and you, right. you expect them to to toe the line, kind and of thing. yeah, and sometimes it's hard to like find a good a good equal like portions of being there for the experience and there for the hunt that you want to be on but also being a mentor and a teacher and being soft and kind to someone who maybe doesn't have the same amount of experience but is willing to learn Mm -hmm. so yeah we talk about this a lot too on the podcast about how you know like we were lucky enough to to be brought up in the outdoor world so it's really tough for us to reflect back and think about some of the teachable moments that we had but i can tell you now as a father the struggle it is to (laughs) try and mentor two young kids and they're never going to remember half of the stuff that they learned right it's Mm -hmm. just going to feel like it it was always natural Mm -hmm. so yeah and back to me asking what Bo is, it's because I'm trying to um, figure out this Instagram thing. Uh-huh. Because I put out this thing on Instagram, Ask April Question. I got some questions coming in. Oh, already? So did, oh, my yeah, gosh. So I did, miss, <laughs> I did miss some of the stuff you were saying because I was trying to read through the questions. I'm sorry. Weed through some of the bad ones. Okay. But one question I have for you is um, Sean Schaefer. He asks, hard water, open water, what do you prefer? Oh, I'm going to say open water. Um, I I am a, I'm a summer person. I love hot weather. I love heat. Um, I grew up on wood stove. Like this is, this is completely my mother's fault and I totally love her for it, but I grew up on a wood fire. And so I, my body is just regulated for hot, for heat. I just love it. So summer is like, I live for summer. What do you mean you grew up on a wood fire? Like, I grew up on the farm, and our house was wood stove only. So, like, wood heat, I am used to 
a wood stove being started and the house is hot. Okay, I got you. Like minus 40 outside and you are in a t-shirt and shorts inside the house because it is just... The heat is pumping in there. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I just, I feel like I'm regulated for warm. Mm. So I love warm weather. I, I don't know. I just, I love open water. Yeah. I love bass fishing. I never, like, as a kid, when I grew up, like, grew up on the farm, and we did not open water fish at all. I mean, like, summer was, summer was meant for farming. Yeah, summer yeah. Was, And if it wasn't, you know, crop stuff, and we weren't riding like horses or something, checking cows. Then we were fixing things, fixing fence, doing whatever out outside. But come winter, like, you know, you all the cows are in at the barn and you feed them up real heavy and you've got a day or maybe two days that you can go do stuff. So we did, we ice fished, we trout fished in the ducks in my childhood. I never open water fished. At least I don't remember open water fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now that we've like, gotten back into it when I met my husband he had a boat like his family had a boat and he started we started going fishing and I didn't like walleye fishing I was like trout only <laughs> and so oh, he, you're one of them. I was I was kind of a <laughs> snob and we would go trout fishing in the summer and like not catch anything because trout fishing stuff in the summer so we would we started walleye fishing and I started really enjoying it and then we got into bass fishing and I just love open water bass fishing. I just love it. So, open water. Right on. And I before we get into more questions, I'm just waiting for them to file in here. Um, go, getting back to like the podcast, what is the purpose of it? I want to know like what the purpose of it. I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but like what is your goal out of it? I know again, like you're you kind of touched on it, but what are we like what are you what are we expecting from you? What are we expecting from the ep- like the show, the episodes, etc.? Well, purpose kind of thing. What I want from this is like I want to. I guess there's multiple parts to this, and you might have to coach me back to it if I get on a tangent. But I want to showcase. First of all, I want to showcase some of the like really, really smart, inspirational, and like very active in the outdoors women that I know on social media, and highlight them for the things that they do in the outdoors and for kind of what I know that they can give back. So there's a lot of gals that I know that have their own like special kind of little areas of the outdoors that they are good at. And like, first of all, I want to learn a little bit from them, but I also want to give back in the sense that there are, I know there are women out there that are wanting to learn specific things about the outdoors. And I know the people that can teach it in a way that is like soft and helpful for other ladies who might not know a lot. There's just, we're always looking to learn something. And like we were talking about, like sometimes it's just tougher to learn from spouses. And a, like I have heard a lot that some women find it very intimidating to learn from men, which is fair, right? Um, and it goes both ways. You know, some, some men don't prefer to learn from women. Some women don't prefer to learn from men. And that's fine. And so if there are a large group of women who want to get into the outdoors and they want to learn, but they don't prefer to learn from a male, they want to learn from female counterparts that have the same kind of experiences, well, then here it is, right? Here's a podcast where you can do that. And then 
from that, you know, if there's somebody who, say we're talking about foraging and a lady wants to learn about foraging and she gets to hear this podcast from someone who is really good at foraging, well, then they can go onto social media and then they can create a relationship with another female that has an interest with them. They can become friends as well. Nice. I like that. Um, we were talking off the mics earlier and you said you had a bunch of stuff and ideas written down already. What, uh, what kind of topics can we expect you to kind of be covering throughout this? Stuff? What do you have thinking? I have what, so much. I have so much. Um, like as soon as the ideas come, they just keep going. Just like do your top, like top five. Top five. That's impossible. Can I just run a list? Of well, like, like different things. So, okay, here. Uh, you're, right, you're, right. not, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> Sheldon's, Sheldon's good at trying to grab right. the podcast from me and take over. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just shush. <laughs> um, so some things that I plan to, and some of these I don't necessarily, uh, some of them I have a person in mind that is like my perfect person. And if they are not interested or maybe they're not comfortable doing the podcast, then I'll have a second thought about a person. And then some of them I just, I don't know who I'm going to ask, but I have the idea. And then there's a couple that I like, I know who I'm going to ask for sure. It's just to get them to say yes and like nail down a date. So some of the topics that I have, um, my, one of my firsts will be uh, camouflage. So I'm going to be speaking to somebody who is pretty well known on social media for her knowledge and kind of multi-brand experiences with women's camouflage. Uh, so that'll be one. I've got uh, on the list is spring turkey, mm. spring shed hunting. Um, I have a thought for somebody about fashion. And how that relates to the outdoor world. Uh, what else? Foraging, trapping, guides, fishing, different fishing, uh, you know, like walleye, panfish, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, big game. I'm hoping to do a couple. Um, one of the like big game ones that I want to do is bear hunting. Nice. And just, you know, there's a lot of ladies who have mentioned that they might enjoy doing it, but they're scared. Yeah. And so to hear it from someone, to hear it from a female who is well-versed in it, maybe a guide or something like that, and just see that, like, this doesn't have to be scary. Like, you do need to be aware of your surroundings and what's going on, but you don't need to be scared. And so, you know, hearing it from somebody who is well-versed in that might help in that area for them. Mm -hmm. So what else? Um, I actually pulled up my list. Oh, because I knew you were going to do this to me. Oh, ice camping. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, so we'll save that kind of for the end of the year. And then I did. Um, there are quite a few ladies that I follow and kind of that are in uh, like mine, Melissa's realm of the outdoors that mm -hmm. are mothers. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to sit down and talk with one or maybe multiples um, and kind of do maybe like maybe a round table. Maybe I'll do like a single podcast. Maybe I'll do a round table and just get some insight into being a parent in the outdoors and how to, um, you know, 
even bring a child along. Like we've got one lady that we follow where her daughter is with her all the time. Her husband works away or like is not home often. Uh, So she takes her daughter everywhere. And that one is super interesting to me because, I mean, we don't have kids. I'm married. Mm -hmm. We're going on, I don't know, five years, something like that. We got married in 2017. So my math is poor, but we don't have any kids yet. And that's one of my like big fears is how do I, how do I go from being a solo adventure, like do whatever I want, put my dog in the vehicle, put my stuff in the vehicle and leave Mm -hmm. to having to care for, keep a child alive, but also want to continue doing these things. I have no idea how to do that. And that scares me. Yeah. So, you know, it would be good to even just for myself to sit down with one of these moms and like learn, totally. hash it out. How do you do it? I want to do a, a social media roundtable in the sense of like a bunch of girls get together and talk how what we're seeing, what we're learning, what we're hoping for, you know, what what the trends are and, you know, if you're trying to grow on social media, how are you going to do it? What are you noticing? Mm, like, I see, yeah. And just have like a big old chat about it. Because there's, when we get like a couple of us together, the discussions get pretty good yeah. about social media. So it would be interesting to see from all points of view, like maybe somebody who is just starting out on social media and then some of the ladies who have, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 followers, what are they noticing? Mm-hmm. And you know, see if we can, like, find some correlations. Yeah, totally. Sheldon, did you just miss a fish there? Yeah, I think so. There's a, on oh, the, oh, on the oh, left. Look at that one. Look at that one. Get them. We got the live scope here right now up, folks. So we're uh, live action. You know what I'm looking at right now, too? Is my brand new quantum rod is like one burbot away from being just sucked going into straight the lake. down the hole? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how you said like <clears throat> about parenting and excuse me. There's probably some other stuff to be said about like being a parent. Sorry, you've got to yeah look yeah. to the oh, right yeah. of that, oh, right yeah. on the same level there. He's coming. He's coming. He's checking it out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh. He jigs it, and then it's going to run away. Well, I've been doing the same thing the whole time. Which is why you didn't catch that fish. you got to finesse him a little bit, buddy. Yeah. Just sweet talk him it's a little nighttime. bit. It's nighttime. you got to, like, love up. Oh. I've never seen so many minnows. <laughs> on, Anyways. On a single fish finder screen in my life <laughs> i know lots of big fish yeah um that's my my thought though as i think it's pretty cool that you're talking to like want to get like parents on talking about like how it is like in the outdoors with your kids another thing that would be kind of cool is like how to parent with an outdoors person if you're not outdoors you know what i mean like oh yeah like it, like let's just say mm-hmm. you have a child and then you're always out brandon's always at home working or when he's not working he's at home with the child like how do you cope with that or how Mm -hmm. do you you know what i mean there's a lot of different ways you can do that so that's pretty cool and i think it's changed a lot like when i was young and this story time um when i was younger my mom 
was working evenings. So my mom works for home care. And so a lot of times that becomes like a, a morning, you attend somebody's home in the morning and help them with everything for their day. And then, you know, they're, they have their day and then you come back in the evening around supper time and you assist them with everything they need to, you know, end their day and get ready for the next day. So evening work schedules kind of ties into like prime hunting time. And so I know there was conversations in the beginning about how this was going to work because my dad's a very avid outdoorsman. And um, I guess, I don't know the exact conversation, but I guess mom said something to the tune of, well, if you want to go hunting, you're going to have to take her with you. And I remember being very little, sleeping. I remember elk hunting with my dad and he had built a platform out of uh, pallets and a big platform tree stand. And I remember sleeping on the tree stand at his feet in a purple one-piece snowsuit. That's all I remember. I don't remember if there was an elk shot or what happened, but I remember being on the platform and sleeping at his feet in a purple snowsuit. And he, he has said to me since then, like in my adult years, that he's like, if I wanted to go, I was just taking you with me. And that's how you ended up being so... like immersed in the outdoors was I wanted to go and if I wanted to go you had to come so he's like I just just took you with me yeah it's pretty cool I think we and a lot of us have those stories too like um I remember going on a fishing trip and the only thing I remember after that is coming home and I was like tucked in under the console of the fishing boat like with a jacket wrapped around me because I was so cold and like life jacket my dad's like winter jacket like the poor guy's probably freezing but he was just trying to keep me warm and i was like so young and i can guarantee you it was one of those same things it's like if you want to go fishing you gotta take your son with you mm-hmm. you know what i mean like because yeah. it I clear, clearly shouldn't have been out there because it was so cold and rainy and wet but i went anyways and yeah i was huddled up yeah. trying to stay warm that's cool i'm i'm looking forward to the, the kids podcast too because there's obviously some stuff that that i've learned through uh taking my kids out but i'm sure there's a bunch that i can learn from from other parents out there just Mm -hmm. to figure out what works because everyone has different gear different stuff different kids you know so i'm interested i'm excited about this have you thought of a name for the podcast yet here we go (laughs) here we go um i've i have i have thought about a lot of things i've bounced a lot of ideas off of people you know i have some females in my life that are like crazy crazy cheerleaders and it's funny because i am not i am not that person um when we like bring on new friends into our friend group i am very open in the beginning and just being like i am not the fluffer (laughs) I am not the cheerleader. I'm not the fluffer. Like if you need that, I am not her. Uh, But I, I am very much like silent in the background, like great job. Amazing job. You're doing awesome. I'm not on social media, like liking everybody's photos and commenting on everything. It's just not me, but I am very much like passionate about what my friends are doing. Mm -hmm. So in the, in turn though, I have friends that are very much cheerleaders and they are very open about it. And if I post a YouTube video or I make a post on Instagram or something like that, like they are the first people to be sharing and doing everything. So those are the girls I go to for this. And 
we bounced a lot of ideas and I think we'll see if it sticks. Um, I think what I'm going to go with is, uh, unbound outdoors collective. Mm. I like that a lot. Say again. Unbound outdoors collective. Well, this is new. No, it's not. Yeah. What was it? Way different. (laughs) They did not. Okay. I don't remember what the other one was, but it wasn't that. Th- that is the my last. Idea, my, my idea was the Four Seasons Collective. And I don't. Or that... no, All Seasons Collective. All Seasons. No, no, you said Four Seasons. Four Seasons. Yeah. Which I I don't actually mind. I, I do like that. Yeah. Um, Just because I think of your name and I think of like the month. Yes. And it's like spring. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that was, that's the story behind my name. Really? Really? Yeah. Um, is so, and this is like, maybe this is my parents just trying to be really nice to me, <laughs> but if I was a boy, my mom had like a very, um, like nice traditional boy's name, like Matthew Alexander or something like that. Um, and if it was a girl, it was my dad and my dad ended up picking April Dawn apparently because April is the like big beginning of the year in the sense that like everything begins life again and that's your springtime and everything starts growing and looking beautiful again and dawn is like i think his favorite time of day i think it is huh. something like that interesting that's cool. so that's what they call me sheldon <laughs> sheldon <laughs> <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I do like Four Seasons, actually. It's kind of neat. But we picked, um, Unbound, kind of like me and the girl gang. We kind of settled on Unbound in the sense of, like, so talking to all these women, um, and which is why we kind of picked, like, when Sheldon and I had talked, we were sort of talking about it being, like, women only. And I mean, like we had said, Shelly, I agree with that in the sense that we, f- I feel like there is a female for everything, mm-hmm. right? There, there will be a woman who knows something about, about all of these different topics that I want to talk about. Um, but then I kind of felt like, well, what if a guy knows and what if I can't get a female? Um, <laughs> like checking the rods and I yeah. got sidetracked. Um, but unbound, for the reason of, I just feel like a lot of the women that are like super passionate about the outdoors kind of go against the grain mm-hmm. in the sense that they are unbound by like society's norms of what this woman has to be like. You know, oh, the yeah. whole old thing about like barefoot in the kitchen. Yeah. Like we're trying to break that. And I feel like women in the outdoors are really pushing that boundary mm-hmm. and like really trying to break it and, and therefore being unbound by what some people feel a woman's role should be. Yeah, oh. I like that. It's, it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of, I mean, one of the most, in my mind, influential women that we've talked to so far was April Volke. Yeah. And she told a couple stories of some incidents about, you know, the sexism and stuff that would happen, especially earlier on when uh, women weren't even in the fly fishing scene kind of thing. 
yet and it was it was uh it was a bit of an eye opener and it was it was funny how she handled she just like went rolling full steam ahead into yeah. this these situations and like made it clear what she was there to do yes <laughs> and she didn't give a shit about yes. anybody so well that's yep. cool between april volke and then uh, when we had uh girl of Ten Thousand lakes oh yeah and like she was telling some stuff that you know in inbox messages and even like public like on forums and st- or like even just comments like on, on instagram yeah yeah of people saying shit and i'm just like are you kidding me and we talked about it in that episode like um yeah it's 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 pretty crazy anyways yeah um i got a couple questions for april though this one's from tristan he says who caught the most fish today <laughs> say days, it day's not over say it day's not over <laughs> <laughs> it's me by the way uh, i got another question here i'm here for the burbs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got another question here it says is there one spot you want to hunt or fish in manitoba that you haven't done Um, there we we don't have to get hard on this question it's like is there anything you haven't pursued that you want to do in Manitoba yeah and and, and I could probably answer that in two questions or two two answers because there's fish and hunt and so like this might get me a little teary eyed I'll try and keep my life together here but um, I I really really want to elk hunt in the ducks and that probably will not be where I start my elk hunting like Adventure. adventures. Um, I'll probably stick a little closer to home. But I grew up along the docks. Like my mom and dad live, our property touches the docks. And I, I just grew up there doing it and, you know, started all of my hunting adventures there with my dad. And I would, I would just love to, (laughs) I I would just, I would love to shoot an elk in the ducks and just like, so when I, when I started hunting, obviously I started when I was like 12, when I was legal, right? And dad did everything for me. Dad, you know, dad put me in the highest tree he could find on a trail that was a good trail. And I didn't realize it as I grew up, but like you soak up information, right? As you're young and you're learning. And I, I want to, in my lifetime, show him that I learned from him. And part of that for me is elk and the ducks. I don't know why. Like I didn't grow up hunting elk with my dad a little bit when I was little. Like we hunted whitetail. I hunted whitetail with him every single year. But for some reason, I just part of what I want to do in my life is show him that I listened and that I learned and I want to shoot an elk in the ducks. And so that's one. Um, and fish. Wall- I think is north. A walleye on Lake Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. This could, could be a while. No, honestly, like um, like a big old greenback on Lake Winnipeg is like a dream for a lot of people. Like you always want to do that, mm-hmm. but actually like I don't want my masters from Lake Winnipeg. Um, and that honestly, that is because everybody comes to Lake Winnipeg for their master angler mm-hmm. walleye. Mm-hmm. I don't want my masters from here. It would be amazing to catch a big, 
a big old mama. But like if no, that I don't care if my masters ever come from here. Want something a little more of a challenge. I do. Yeah. Um, and like my my Lake of the Prairies walleye this year, that didn't get measured because my best friend Melissa didn't bring a bump board on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is oh, such a such a sore spot for me. We measured it on um, a paddle, a wooden paddle. We bumped the wooden paddle up to the back of the boat and up against the the seat that would be like where your um, where your live well is. Mm-hmm. And then we bumped her up and we measured her and we cut a little um, a, a little, little line, yeah, a yeah. little notch in the paddle, twenty eight inch. No way. Manitoba master angler that got denied. So. Huh. I'm sour. <laughs> It'll be one of those things that we forever and ever. I mean, but literally last weekend I forgot all my rods. Yeah. So there's always something, right? Like yeah. I bug her about the bump board. She'll bug me about the rods forever. It'll it's it'll be a fun thing. Um, I uh, I I went to go net a buddy's uh, master angler lake trout once, and I knocked it off his hook. Last <laughs> last wow. uh, no the summer before. We uh, purchased a camper and we took it up to the ducks a few times. And that was when Brandon was home from work and Melissa and Jared would come up with us. And so this one day we went, this one day we went out fishing and um, Jared and Brennan fished together and Melissa and I fished together. And Jared did the same thing. Brennan had, he said like a monster walleye up in the ducks and Jared went to net it and knocked it off by accident. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, um, my, my fish spot in Manitoba would be North somewhere. I've never, I've never got, I've never fished Lake Trout. Um, which I think would be just really cool. I would love to go up North somewhere, but one thing in Manitoba that I want to do more than Lake Trout is stream fish for trout. Mm. And I've done it once. Um, but up north, there are more opportunities. I feel like God's River and some other like rivers up that way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Swan River kind of north. Um, I would really love to do that. Fly fish on the stream. Yeah, that's that's one thing kind of Manitoba lacks a lot more yeah. compared to like western mountain streams. Mm-hmm. There are some good opportunities, but it's a little more remote. It's a little bit tougher to get to. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You're there, but yeah, I I had the chance to go west this year. In uh, when did I go? November. I went west in November, and because my husband's working out there, and one of the guys that he works with is an avid fisherman, and so they fished the streams for trout Oof. and for salmon. And um, yeah, that's that should be November. Would be kind of the tail end, I think of. Cromer season there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they fished like just spin rods and um, his buddy caught, Brew caught a rainbow and Brennan caught a coho. Nice. And then when I went, actually, so they would have fished before because I went out in November and they had gone before, way before I had showed up. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that, you know, everything kind of panned out nicely. Brennan bought a new work truck. And so I ended up having to go out with him take out the new work truck and then bring our old truck home. And I fished for two days because he still had to work. And I was like, don't worry about it, babe. You go, <laughs> you go to work. <laughs> I took all my fishing gear and I spent two days fishing and, uh, I caught a kokanee. Oh, nice. yeah, it was cool. So I would, I really, really want to go back out in uh, a better season that I can fly fish. Cause this, mm. the, 
the rivers are so beautiful. Like just perfect fishing. And if you had waders, um, like I didn't take my waders out there. But if you had waders, some of those like the Fraser where I was where I was able to fish on the Fraser would just be so amazing to fly fish in waders. Mm-hmm. It would just be so perfect. So I, I want to do that again. That's not Manitoba, but yeah. I really want to go back. No, that's good. That's I gotta get back out west as well. There's something that an experience that happens out there that it'll always always be kinda calling out yeah. that way. So it's cool. Something different. Yeah. Something else. We have another question for you. Okay. It's kind of a generic one, but um, from Austin, he says, uh, what's your favorite part about the outdoors? Um, That's a very open-ended question. It is, is a very open-ended question. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy the interaction with nature. And the learning, like learning different aspects of nature. Like if you weren't going out there constantly, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't learn anything about it. Um, And I, I just really enjoy it. Like we had discussed a little while back about the deer hunting in my area and how everything changes all the time. If you weren't out there so often, you would never learn these things. You just, you wouldn't know anything. You wouldn't know anything about nature. We had discussed like the correlation, okay, between shed hunting season and what like science the science that i've read in the research papers discuss the correlation between okay so you've got your testosterone spike for breeding season the testosterone dump or fall after breeding season and then they say as the light increases that testosterone will like start to kind of climb again and bucks shed somewhere in there but we had discussed how chickens start laying when they start getting that daylight again and I was like, I wonder if you could correlate like the majority of shed drop with like when chickens start laying. <laughs> and like, I know that sounds crazy, but like that it's all based on the seasons oh, and yeah. like the daylight and everything. Mm-hmm. And so the hormone changes because of the daylight. Mm-hmm. Well, you would never learn that if you didn't spend time outdoors. Yeah. Like, and then just the experiences that you gain, like we were saying how I had that dough. Um, and her fawn that were like right in front of our blind. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could get that in the city because the deer just like don't care anymore. Yeah, just they just hit- show up in the middle of town and they're eating your grass on your front doorstep. Habituated. But you would never get that experience. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I f- find I'm a very different person after being able to spend so much time outdoors than I was living in the city. And I like that. And so I think that's kind of like one of my favorite parts. Bingo, bango, bongo. Nice. Um, you, you said a lot of things there that I have a lot of questions about. And I don't want to get into every single one. But the one that kind of sticks out in my mind is like your elk hunt and the ducks, you know. And you're like, oh, like I want to show my dad like I, he taught me something, you know. Obviously, that's like a, you know, a part of you that is very, it's very close to you. It's like very sensitive, et cetera. Um, but it kind of like makes me think about like me and my dad, because I'm to the point now where I'm like, you can't teach me anything anymore. Like I've learned everything, you know, but the old bugger, every time I go hunting, teaches me something. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's so weird the way it works because I, I'm the same way. Like when it comes to whitetail hunting, I'm like, oh, I'm going to 
you know, I want to put my blind here and I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'm going to shoot a big buck out of it. I'm going to show him, you know, and then he goes, yeah, I wouldn't put my blind there. You might push him out or whatever. And then sure enough, it's like, fuck, he's right again. It happens just like that. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how that like works. But I, I hope someday I have that experience too. And I can, you know, put it in someone else's face and be like, eh, you should listen to me. <laughs> so far, I haven't got there yet though. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. But to wrap this up, I gotta, don't want to cut it off too short, but um, we talked about kind of some of the guests you're looking to have, the ideas you have behind the episodes, why you're doing it. Um, I guess my last thing is, uh, I don't know if I really want to ask this question. It's kind of the same as before, but like, what's your end goal? What's your end game behind it all? Generically. I don't know if that's... I don't know if what you're asking me is like what I'm hoping to do. No, like like at the end of the day, let's just say if one person listened to this to your podcast or a million people listen to your podcast, what's your end goal? Is it to teach female or is it just hopefully everyone can listen to it, but it's going to be like female based? Like, what, like what's your end? Like, I don't know. I just I kind of know what your goals are already, but like I just want to know, let's say you did five episodes and that was it. Yeah. What what do you hope you get out of it? I hope like if I only did five episodes, I would hope that those five episodes would like really speak to people, really speak to to women. Um, that's like that's my essentially goal is to just have those people that are passionate about those areas that get that information out that women can learn in hopefully a way that really speaks to them. And so if I only ever got five episodes out, I would hope that they would be five episodes that people really felt like they gained something out of it and that it was purposeful and useful for them to listen to it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. You know that out. He's laughing at me. I am laughing. Like, <laughs> I know you, you were hoping that he would say something and he was just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like I, I like I don't feel like I answered that the way that I should have, but I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think you also didn't ask that question properly. <laughs> this is a bit of a long-winded ask. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do when you have guests on? They don't answer your questions properly. You know, call them out. <laughs> Rephrase the question so that they can know, answer just, it properly. I don't know how to an- or ask that question, but that's okay. I think I think. Uh, the way I would put it is how would you measure the success of your endeavor here? I think measuring the success or knowing that it's successful would be hopefully, I would hope that people would say, I listened to this podcast and because of it, I was able to do X, Y, Z. I learned this through your podcast and because I felt I could do this Mm -hmm. or I felt I learned enough to be confident to do X, Y, Z. That's what I would hope for. Nice. I feel like that's, that's another um, maybe dividing factor from, from the females to the males too, is like we do get the odd person who does, you know, reach out to us, but I feel like the females are, much more supportive of each other in that realm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. I, agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, even like, even our, like our DMS and stuff, you get a lot more 
I'm not saying like women support, but like a lot more women that will DM us and be like, "Hey, thanks for doing what you're doing." And we get, like you said, some people doing it, but I just seem like if you wanted to share something and or wanted someone to ask a question or do whatever, it seems like there's more involvement by women. Like it's like they don't want, like they don't care if it like dents their ego or something. Maybe I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just like it seems like men don't want to participate because they think, "Oh, well, then they know I might not know that." Like yeah. they're not open to learning as yeah. much. Because uh, and that's, I mean I don't vulnerable. It, it, yes, <laughs> that's the word. Yes. Okay, yep. one more thing before we go. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, but I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Getting drunk. Uh, all right. There's no more questions? How are we going to wrap this up? There's no more questions right now. Oh, well, that's rude. It's Sunday night, 10 o'clock, everyone's in bed. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. forgot about that. So we got one more question here from Mr. Cam Tibbet. And he asks, what is your biggest buck to date? I have no idea. I have no idea what my You're biggest never... buck to date is. No, um, honestly, I never, um, I never measured them. Uh, and you know what? I shouldn't say I never measured them. Like maybe my dad did, but I did. So I hunted from t- twelve years old till probably like seventeen, eighteen, pretty hard. Like every year, I was out there. We have bucks, like we have um, some euros, and my dad had a couple of my bucks uh, taxidermy, like shoulder mounts. And then I went to university, and um, I don't know. Thought I was a different person, I guess. Focus shifts a lot. Yeah, you go to university and just like I, I didn't party hard. Like I wasn't a bad person, and I didn't do like bad things or anything, but. You know, we spent a lot of time at university partying on the weekends with friends and things like that and going to dorm parties and going to the bar and you just, you didn't, and and like exam season is around November, right? So I I didn't really actually hunt for a few years there and I, you know, I I was dating somebody that wasn't a hunter and you just kind of get away from the lifestyle for a bit and then, um, and then I got back back into it eventually so I, I have no idea what my biggest deer is to date. Um, but one of my more special deer is my archery deer, my very first archery deer. And he measured like, I don't know, like 114 or something. He's very narrow. He's, he's tall. Um, he's four or five by five. I can't remember. I think four by four. Um, and he's euroed on my, um, in my living room. Uh, and mounted and everything and um like he's not huge at all but he was special and like I was saying about my dad and everything I as soon as I shot him he ran kind of uh just away from us a little bit maybe like 60 yards and stopped and then continued on and he ran another probably 50 towards the fence line and when he went to jump the fence line he didn't make it over the fence (laughs) Yeah, like, so he probably, most likely what had happened was he went to, he probably lifted off his front feet and he fell backwards or sideways or whatever and he never went over the fence. Um, Here we go, here we go. We might have a competition bite happening here in the live scope. 
There was two fish on there. Hey. Oh, Shelly missed them Stressful. again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one and done. We'll call you one and done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that deer... Um, he never made it over the fence line, but the very first thing I did once I found him was I FaceTimed my dad. Nice. And it was funny. We're sitting in the blind and, uh, I don't know. Dad was always like very composed. My father is very composed until there's like a time not to be, which is, which is very, very few times in my life. Have I ever seen him uncomposed or mm. coming apart? Um, one was like the day I moved away. Another was a funeral. Another was my mom was in a little bit of an accident this year and uh, he was very upset about it. And so I have, and, and then one was when my, um, one of our short hairs passed away and he just felt like he, he probably could have done more. He thought he did mm-hmm. or he thought he could have. Right. So very few times in my life have I ever seen him uncomposed. And so I, maybe I guess maybe I learned that from him. And in the blind, when I shot that deer, my husband was like, are you not excited? Like, you just shot your first archery deer. Are you not, like, like why are you so quiet? And I was like, I'm very excited. I've been waiting a very long time to do this. And, like, just because I'm not crying or freaking out or screaming doesn't mean I'm not excited. <laughs> and so then as soon as we found him, the first thing I did was call my dad. Nice. Then did you cry? I don't think so. I don't think I did. Come on, April. I might have. Come I don't on. Rem- I don't remember because right away, like, it was like, okay, well, we found him. And Brennan's like, I-, I can go get the truck. He's like, do you want me to stay here and help you first? Or do you want me to go get the vehicle? And I was like, no, you go get the vehicle. I'll take him over to this little hill and I'll gut him out and we'll get going. We'll take him home. Yeah. So. Remember my first know. year I cried. Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that was my first archery deer. I was like. Mm, I guess, yeah. Like I my late 20s or like 30 by then. Right. My first year, I just don't, I don't remember, I don't remember if I cried at my first year, but I do remember, and this has happened to me every single time in my life that I've ever hunted with my dad after, is the first deer I ever shot, um, I remember dad had me set up in the south field, and I, we were set up in a calf shelter. He had like pulled up this calf shelter so we'd be out of the wind. And we had bales and everything in there. And I remember him saying to me, um, behind the shoulder, aim behind the shoulder, shoot him behind the shoulder. And I remember going over vitals and anatomy before this. And yeah, shoot him behind the shoulder, behind the shoulder. And he has said that to me every single big game hunting trip since that day. No way. And that is the like one of the only things I, like in my head that happens you know, when you're, sh- when I'm shooting an animal is behind the shoulder, behind the shoulder. Yeah. Hmm. Just in there now. Cool. That's cool. Well, that sounds like a good little session to wrap up on. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- yeah. Thanks a lot for uh, doing this little bonus episode, April. You bet. And we're looking forward to, to working with you and, and putting some of these together. Um, any last words, Chase, before we wrap this up? Not really. Besides the fact that I can't wait to hear what you got coming out. Yeah, I'm looking too. forward to it. Thank you. And I think we uh, ran out of propane because I'm starting to get cold and the furnace cut out about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Oh, no. So, yeah, it's a good time to wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Oh.